What's up, everybody? Welcome to Total Podcast. I'm Jose Anthony. I'm co-host Ben. How are we doing today, Ben? Good. Excited. We got like really good playoff series on our hands to talk about. Um, so, yeah, you want to just get right into it? Yeah, I mean, we got a good playoff series. I'm not exactly willing to be like, oh, these are like awesome. Considering they're all tied 1-1, except for one of them, I don't know. That's exciting to me. As they uh, say, series don't start till home court gets broken, and home court got broken in three of the four series. I mean, that's fair, but I don't exactly think we've seen like great basketball throughout like all these series, you know? No, probably not. Seeing some bad basketball, but let's uh, let's get to the first series, um, a series that we didn't get a chance to preview. Uh, let's be honest, it's probably the least like sexy series out of all of them. Portland and Denver. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lillard kind of can make anything sexy right now. Like he's sort of the. I don't know. I don't know what what analogy I want to go with, but he's just the the guy right now. Like everybody's talking about Lillard for some reason. Just the, the, it, it's like. Like the overcorrection of oh we never talked about him enough like before so now we got to talk about him like a lot now. Yeah, but uh, he he wasn't great um, in game two, um, the game they won, um, which is kind of ironic. And I mean he's he's gonna have these games considering like the type of basketball he plays. Yeah. Oh. We, we just can't hit anything. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that that game in this series is probably the the one you mean in terms of not the best basketball, right? Uh, for for this series, yeah, I mean, game one wasn't exactly great either. Yeah, um, I mean, Damon, CJ, and game two combined thirteen of thirty seven from the field. Like you're not really gonna win many games like that. You you know they're they're pretty lucky. Other guys in their team shut up. Rodney Hood, Zach Collins, um, Enos Cantor was good. I think he was gonna both games. To be honest with you, um, been fine. I don't know. I'm a Cantor guy. I I really liked when he was playing the Knicks with Porzingis last year, and I think he's upped his game ever since. I don't know. I mean, you're talking about them being lucky that the rest of their team like kind of stepped up. I mean, they're lucky the entire Denver Nuggets team didn't step up. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if we're just gonna get this for like a whole series where it's just one one of these teams like kind of plays well and the other team just shits shits the bed. I hope that's not the case. But I feel like it may happen with the type of basketball these two teams play. With Portland just relying so much on McCollum and Lillard, and granted, Game Two, like you said, didn't exactly rely on them too, too much, and Denver just not having a star whatsoever, and, and kind of relying pretty heavily on like the three ball and just Jokic to not, you know, suck. Well, like here's my thing, right? 
since since the 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 Jazz series, everybody's kind of been like, yeah, you can't do it with one guy. You know, it's tough to win with one scorer. Do the Nuggets even have one scorer? No. Like Murray is so inconsistent because that's just his game. I mean, and Jokic, great player. I mean, we both had him as second team All NBA. Absolutely great player, great offensive player. Would not call him a scorer. No, that's that's the first adjective that comes to your mind. No. No. You know, I mean, he's fine in the post, but, like, really, you just want him, like, dealing from the high post, diamond guys up and stuff like that. Um, I mean, they're just filled with guys that if you gave them the ball and they got you a bucket, you'd be like, oh, I'm not, like, that surprised they scored. But, like, if they did it, like, three times in a row, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah, they got they got plenty of guys that can score. Certainly, they have more guys that can score than Utah. They have less non-scorers, I would say. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. I mean, if you have another game offensively, like you did game two, do you consider playing Isaiah Thomas, or is that just is that just not going to happen? Is he, I mean, has, is he just falling too far? I that's tough to say. Like I'm not in the gym. I'm not watching like practices and stuff like that. Like I have like I have no idea like how he is physically and all that type of thing. So that's tough. I would say if he seems fine, you gotta think about it. I mean, he he's been bad the past two years. Like really bad, but. You gotta do something that's just like even if you just throw him in there for like four minutes and it's like it, it gets it gets like his teammates going or whatever and him on the floor or something. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta do something. Yeah. Yeah, I'd certainly consider it, you know. Um, because I'm not really loving their chances going over to Portland. No, I mean it's like the most like hostile crowd or whatever. No, but I think De- you know, Denver was thirty-four and seven at home this year. Yeah. So they're a very, very, very good home team. They're supposed to do well at home due to the out in that home court advantage. And the fact that it was only a split in that home court, I think, worries me for them going to Portland. A little disconcerting, to say the least. You know, if, if Dame if Dame comes out game three, starts hitting a couple threes, and you're like, well, we're not getting that Dame little performance twice in a row, or even three times in a row, because he wasn't even that great. Oh, no, he, he was good in game one. I apologize. It was CJ that wasn't as good in game one. Um, then, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd consider I'd consider playing Isaiah Thomas. I, I really would. And, you, you, you know, you don't run him out there for eight straight minutes if he's absolutely just killing your team but no you, you, you don't, you don't want to immediately start playing 30 minutes a game you don't think that's that's a good idea yeah no wouldn't go with that um and i, I guess i guess the flip side of that would be you can't play him when damon cj are on the floor together that's just a recipe for disaster and if ronnie hood plays like he did 
in game two, then you still can't play him probably ever. But I don't know. You, you, you don't want him to get cooked that bad? No, no. Um, I don't know. Um, last night was quite comical. Um, I don't know if you saw it because the game was basically over. It was like, I don't know, 40 seconds left. But um, I love when this happens in the league where there's just a huge, like, scuffle that literally starts over nothing. Like, Jokic literally two-hand shoves counter into um, Craig, who broke his nose earlier in the game. And the entire Nuggets team decides to, like, confront Cantor, even though he literally did nothing except get pushed. I don't know. It was just funny. And then he got a, there was a double tech for it, you know, which is just crazy. It reminded me so much of the Jimmy Butler thing where it just a misunderstanding just escalates to absolute chaos on a basketball court. Um, it, it's the thing where it's like, oh, I got to like do something now or else like I may look bad. Whereas you end up looking bad because you did something. Well, no, I think from the angle, if you if you didn't see Jokic put Cantor, then it looks like Cantor just ran into your guy that's wearing a mask because he broke his nose. But if you see Jokic just two hand shove him, and Cantor has no idea where he's going, then it's like, well, I don't know, that happens more than you think. Because again, that's kind of what happened with the Jimmy Butler thing, where like Butler comes flying in. You know, because um, there's a confrontation, but really nothing happens. It's just a, a face-to-face, like, don't do not do my teammate. And why did that happen? Because, you know, Dudley thought Embiid was going in hard on on um, Jared Allen, even though he got the ball. So, like, I don't know. Just kind of oh, funny. Oh, stupid shit. Yeah. Especially, um, especially nowadays where it's like, Beef is so like, I don't know, inconsequential as far as like actual physical altercation. As Jalen Rose would say, it's they're all holding me back fights. Yeah. They're all. I mean, you getting mad and hoping you're praying your teammates wrap you up so you don't got to do anything, you know. And then it's like, what what what's the worst that could happen? Like, oh, someone shows like a free agent, and it's like, oh, there's like tension here. Like, even that doesn't happen anymore. It's like, yeah, I'm. I'm fairly certain there was tension between Kevin Durant and the Golden State Warriors when he played for OKC, and then he just joins them in the summer. It's like none of this fucking matters. So just stop pretending like it does. I know this isn't this isn't like uh, the Celtics and Sixers in the '80s, where like what was it, Chuck and Chuck and someone else just held Bird there so Moses could punch him in the face. You know, this isn't Kevin McHale coming around in clothesline and Kurt Rambis either. No, it's I don't know. Like, I don't need to see you be, like, all buddy-buddy kumbaya on the court, but it's, like, I don't know. Don't don't pretend like you're about that life and trying to, like, fuck someone's day up. Like, come on. Yeah, no kidding. It's, it's better for everyone if you just, you know, you're calm. You don't get fined for doing stupid shit. And, like, I don't know. Don't waste my time with these stupid scuffles. It's yeah, no kidding. Yeah, because I, I wanted to watch the end of the game last night. Um, and, I mean, as I said, it was, like, 45 seconds left. And I was like, dude, I'm not just trying to watch the refs watch replays of what clearly was an accident for two minutes just to come up with a T. So I went to bed. I didn't watch the end of the game. I woke up this morning like, I hope I hope Portland won. They had a five-point lead, but 
I don't know. I, I, I'm not wasting my time. I, I live on the East Coast, so. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how much it matters in this series. As you said, it's fake beef. Nothing's going to matter into this game. I don't think anything's going to come. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting Portland to win the series, just just, uh, just uh, be perfectly honest with our, our listeners. F. After splitting the first two, I I think I, I agree with you, but I wouldn't be super surprised if, if Denver came out. Yeah, I hear you. I think this split, I have a lot more faith in the team that split, like Portland, that stole home court, than I do the two in the East that split. Um, yeah, that, that makes a yeah, that's fair. Very, very fair. Like a lot of times, these splits don't matter because then you just, if you split your home games, then it's like right back to even. Actually, the home, the home team or the the favored team, the the higher seed has a much greater advantage because now they have two out of three rather than four out of seven. Um, but you know, I don't know. I, I I do think just Portland. Now they gotta play better. Like, I think if they play like they did in the first two games, it's gonna be hard for them to win because. Like the Nuggets played great in those games. I don't know. I don't know. I think both these teams can play a lot better. I have more faith in Portland doing it. I guess. I guess that's the best way to sum up my thoughts. Yeah, but let's be honest. Um, I think we're both in agreement that whoever wins this series earns the right to lose in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. So why don't we, with that note, move to the true Western Conference Finals? Um, just, yeah. Which is the Warriors and Rockets. Um, to me, this is the West Finals. I mean, it should be, unless for some reason in this like matchup, like there's like a bad injury, or whatever that carries yeah. into the next series. That's true. Then we actually have a series, but yeah, for the most that, part, this feels like it's kind of decided. I mean, these guys are playing so many minutes. That's why it feels like a conference finals to me. Um, do you see the Warriors' rotation? Katie and Durant. Sorry. Katie and Durant. <laughs> Clay and Durant. Both played 40 minutes, over 40 minutes. Draymond basically played 40 minutes. And, like, really, on their bench, they had guys that played 16, 13, 10, and 10. And that was it. Like, they didn't go deep. They just said, screw this. We want to win. It's, it's even worse in game one. Their bench is 9, 5, 16, and 14. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, the thing with, with Houston is is they – I don't want to say they trust their bench more, but their guys outside of Harden are more plug-and-play, I think. So their rotation's like a little bit deeper, like Austin Rivers, despite having a, the flu, I guess, played like 24 minutes. A yeah, flu game. Game two, played a lot of minutes in year one, too. But just like the intensity, like – the chippiness, like this, really is these teams. I think both recognize that if they win this series, they're probably getting to the title. And if it's the Warriors' case, this is this might be the biggest challenge for them. Uh, what do you mean by the biggest challenge for them? Like I don't, I don't. I think Houston is the best team the Warriors are going to play in terms of a challenge. 
this year, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that's, this, what, that's, it, what I meant, that's what I meant. I was like, I, I didn't know what you meant, like the whole Warriors like dynasty type thing. Or no, I mean this Houston team, I don't think is as good as last year's Houston team. So probably not. But this Golden State team doesn't feel as good either. Yeah, they got more internal challenges. Um, in my opinion, but. I, I don't know. I do we even talk about the refs? The refs was such a big story after game one. Do we even talk about it? I if we touch on it, it doesn't. I don't think it's that big of a story. I it really shouldn't be. I mean, the Rockets want to play like, oh, we got screwed. I hate to say it, Anthony. This, you know, I'll be honest, right? This is one of those games I watched without sound. It's one of those times. Where I, I've talked about this before, I watched the game without sound because I'm watching something else as well. And so I'm really not sure what the narrative is until after the game. I'm not on social media, so I really don't know what others are thinking. And so the entire game, I never thought, wow, Houston was getting screwed here. That was never, ever, ever a thought that came into my mind. And then after the game, or maybe even the next day, I'm on social media, like, oh, James Harden says he wants a deal and i'm like wait what did, did i miss the, the game like like are my eyes deceiving me like i didn't i didn't watch the same game that he watched if that's the case you know so i don't, I don't it, know watching the game like obviously like refs are humans so it's like every once in a while there's gonna be like a missed call or whatever so it's like hey maybe that like sticks out in your mind i don't think there were any calls that were just like super egregious and nor were there like so many calls favoring one team over the other and even without watching the game you can just stare at the box score and be like yo game one james harden scored he took 14 free throws like i don't think you get fucked over by the refs and still shoot 14 free throws i know i i, I hated d'antoni's comments too coming in and after the game saying yeah halftime the refs said they, they cost me 12 free throws i'm like shut the shut the fuck up dude like seriously yeah, yeah, it's no big deal. We just lost. Like, like, come on, man. I'm one. The refs did not say that. I'll tell you that right now. The refs might have said there were there were four calls that could have gone either way, and he interpreted that that way. But I'm sure the refs didn't come up to him and say, "Yeah, we screwed you out of twelve free throws." Yeah, we got a running tally. We were we were keeping track. Fuck you out of these many free throws. Like, I don't know. I I already. I mean, we knew how this Rockets team played, but the way they acted after game one, I lost so much respect for them. Honestly. Like, James Harden, I want a fair shake. You know who's wanted a fair shake? The defenders that covered you all year long. Those are the guys that wanted the fair shake. You know? Like, you're the boy who cried wolf. That's what you are, Harden. Like, if you, if you kick out six times in a row, and the seventh you don't and get fouled, I'm sorry. It's going to be really hard for the refs to make that call. I just don't. Him complaining about not getting calls and at the same time going 9 for 28 from the floor in game one. And it was, it was a little better in game two. But still, like shooting that terrible, you should probably just look at yourself and be like, oh, I had a terrible game just regardless of if I got calls or not. So let's, let's, let's pump the brakes. No? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That, that's what irks me. 
Oh, yeah. Did you see him? I think it was game two. Did you see him? I think it was Andre Iguodala. It was either Andre or German. I don't remember. One of them went up for a dunk, and Chris Paul was, like, below them. So they hung onto the rim like you're allowed to, so you don't fall on the guy. Hurt yourself, hurt him. And Chris Paul just throws himself at the guy that's hanging on the rim. Like, throws his face at the guy's feet, throws the ball at his guy's feet. The ball goes flying. Like, this is the guy that was complaining about refs. The guy that literally just lunged into a guy to try to, I don't know, get a tech or something. A delay a game warning. I don't know. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, Chris Paul isn't exactly known as, like, you know, a, a biter by the rules and, uh, you know, good sport and all those things. So that doesn't surprise me in the least. It's just, it's just, I mean, I always have this take, right? When have I never not defended the refs? I can honestly think of two times the past year that I haven't defended the refs. And even one of those times, I defended them a tiny bit. Obviously, one of them was, was the Saints, right? Okay, yeah, I was like, are we talking all sports? Cause I'm I talking all sports. One really bad one. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like, I defended it there, and then, I mean, you probably don't want me to bring this up, but that Packers play on Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Um, that was the other one where I was like, it's bang, bang, but a really terrible call. It's like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't really have sympathy for you. I'm always going to say the refs, the refs really hard job, hard. You make their job harder than any player in the league. And like, I don't know. I don't want to hear it. You know, you want know a bigger issue for me. Like to take this back to the game. The fact that the Rockets can't adjust, you know? Like. The Warriors were tightly contested, contesting their threes. And instead of adjusting and maybe, I don't know, trying the mid-range, trying to get by their guy, trying to do whatever, they just continued to take contested threes. And it's like, maybe this is the problem with Houston. They, they really, they're a system. The Warriors can score in many different ways. Houston kind of, you know, we all, we all you know, love or hate, like, three or layup, but like... Sometimes it costs you, and that's what happened in game one, in my opinion. They just kept chucking contested threes, and if you're not making them and you're not getting foul calls, then that's a terrible shot. I don't know. I'm definitely not like one of these old guys who's like, or fuck the threes, they're so stupid. It's like, hey, threes are great when they're going in, but like for the most part, it has a really bit of effect on your team if you just make shots, whether they're from three point land, right into the basket, or in the mid range. Doesn't matter as long as you're like consistently scoring. That's pretty good. Yeah, especially against the Warriors, who they like to sneak out in semi transition. And what I mean by that is turnover, miss basket, someone with the ball, it's sort of chaos. There goes Steph Curry sneaking down the court. Up, oh, he's got the ball. Up, oh, Steph Curry three. Bam. Oh, Clay Thompson sneaking around. Oh, no one, no one's got Clay. Bam, find him. Three pointer. Like the Warriors are the, probably the best team I've ever seen at just feasting in the the chaos that the semi transition opportunities create for them. And so, just putting the ball in the basket prevents them from getting those opportunities. And, like, yeah, the Warriors can obviously still score in the half court, but, like, that's a lot better than just giving Curry and Clay free three-pointers. Yeah, I, I thought I thought this was true. Uh, the Warriors are the best mid-range shooting team in the league by three-hole percentage points. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that's the Kevin Durant effect. I mean, 
I mean, that helps. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he t- he takes the highest number of mid range on the on the team, and maybe the first or second best mid range shooter I've ever seen. Probably, but I mean, it's it's not like it's just percentage wise. They have the highest percentage by three percentage points, and they take the second most out of anyone in the league. Oh yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not surprised again. Whereas I, the Rockets are one, two, fifth highest in percentage, and they take dead last in the league. Oh yeah. We'll take a guess on how many mid-range jumpers they average per per game. Five. In the regular season. Four point eight. Yeah. Not surprised, and I'm sure a lot of those are hard in feeling someone as he's driving the basket and just chucking up a shot. Probably. You know. Um, or like Chris Paul just has like a mental lapse and he's like, oh, I'm supposed <laughs> I think to do that. Clippers still. So, oh, shit. Yeah. Gerald Green might be responsible for not two of those two. Like I can... He, he's got high confidence sometimes in that, you know? Um, so I, I don't know, just, just going back to this series um, and stepping away from the refs a little bit. I don't know, really. Uh, let's see what happens in Houston, right? Home court hasn't been broken yet, so therefore the series hasn't started. I don't really have any big thoughts, but I think the people that were trying to like say, oh, the Warriors are done, the Warriors are making the finals, oh, the Rockets are going to beat the Warriors, oh, the Blazers are going to make the finals, I think those people are probably like, wish I hadn't said that on national television. Um you know, but the series isn't over yet. As I said, I just think there's a chance this the series is over before um, uh, it's it starts. <laughs> um, I I'm feeling like sweet possibilities with the whole Houston just being crybaby little bitches, and that doesn't bode well for their confidence to just go out and beat the Warriors next uh, the next couple of games. And the Warriors have easily the best the best player in the series. Durant right now. Yeah. It's almost like um it's almost like the it could be the victim complex with the Rockets. Where like because they like tell themselves the victims. Oh yeah, we're we're the victims. Oh, we're so hard done. They end up like becoming that basically. Like they almost speak it into existence. Yep. Um I don't know. And also, you know, the thing with the Rockets is I, I do think they're relying on guys to play minutes that I really don't love you know i mean consider how close game one was or ended up being the fact that like shumpert was out there for as many minutes as he has and like you know i witnessed him take a step back three (laughs) like that's just a possession a completely wasted possession you know and i mean they, they made the adjustment they only played him five minutes in game two um but like as I mentioned with Gerald Green and Austin Rivers, they, they do have guys that you're like please don't ever do that ever again. Like like all right, hopefully you got that out of your system. Let's no more step back threes, no more contested bullshit. Like got James Harden and Chris Paul and even Eric Gordon, all three of them are pretty good scorers. Like let's let's save the dumb shots for them, because at least they got a chance of going in. They're still dumb. 
I don't. I don't. I don't see Houston having much of much of a chance after these two games. To be honest with you, especially if Harden's like can't see. That's also not good. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually haven't seen an update of that. Now we were talking before this. Um, somehow they have three full days off, which is kind of nuts. So maybe. Um, Maybe that gives him time. I mean, apparently there's no cornea damage, and but the report I'm seeing from the Washington Post says maybe fine for Game Three. Maybe okay. May isn't a great word. I mean, he couldn't see yesterday or right after the game or whatever. I mean, if he's done, they're obviously done. That goes without yeah, saying. They're 100. Um, there's just no chance, and that would be a shame because. You know, I do still think this is a series. We need to see Houston turn around at home, but I think if Harden is healthy, this still is a series. So it would be a shame to be robbed of a series. I mean, especially for the NBA's perspective. Um, this series, I think, is supposed to be their moneymaker. And so if this isn't a series... Then, what do you mean it's supposed uh, to be? It is. Like... It is. Yeah, it is. Um, ratings were way up for this series. It's the only series with two marquee teams in it, and it's Yes. Which I think is a shame because I think the East series are so close this round. Yeah, no, they're great series, but let's be honest. You're regular Joe Schmo fan? No. You're, you're not it, turning on, you know, this team from fucking Canada versus 76ers. You're not for turning on the Bucks with some, some dude whose name you can't pronounce versus the Celtics. Although, I'll tell you what. I do think casuals do have... Like, do really enjoy Giannis. And I don't know, it's like, hey, wait, hang on. He plays in a small market. He's from Greece. What do you mean? But I don't know. I talk to a decent amount of casual people. And I really do think people are kind of amazed by the Greek freak. There's levels of casual, though. There is levels of casual. Not there's completely like, casual. There's, like, casual where, like, hey, I'm following, like, the league. Like, hey, I, I know, like, the playoff seating, like, a little bit. And then there's casual where it's, like, I barely ever watch basketball, but it's the playoffs and there's nothing else on, so maybe I'll turn on a game. What the fuck is this guy's name? No, thank you. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but just to wrap this series up, it sounds like we're both we're both thinking Golden State probably to me, I probably would say five games, if you ask me right now. I was going to say, if this goes more than five games, I'd be shocked. Um... Houston's got to really, really shape up. Um, and the problem is, like, even if Houston shapes up, I mean, one of Clay Curry or Durant could just be like, nah, <laughs> you know? Like, there's a chance even better Houston isn't enough just because of the, the talent on the Warriors. So, yeah, I got to go. I got to go Golden State in five. Yeah, Houston losing two games with Curry, like, not having a good game in, like, either one is just like, oh, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, but like certainly if like Houston's system just like at home with that crowd, just like role players start hitting threes and like Harden really gets in a groove, like I I could definitely see it going longer. It's not out of the question, but I do need to see a change, and I'm not ready to predict that change. And I think, as you said, it could even be four. I'm being perfectly yeah. honest. Which would suck. This is the series we've been looking forward to pretty much the whole year. But 
Oh, well. Yeah, and it would suck for Houston, too, because this is kind of like, it's not their last chance, but every year with Houston, it gets harder and harder to improve. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think they're getting better next year. Like, the way they improve forward is getting lucky that someone wants to take a discount and play with them. Or you got to get pretty lucky for that to happen. Or they happen to get like, oh yeah. Um, or you have to absolutely nail a first round pick. A late first round pick. A very late first round pick. You know? Yeah, I don't... And none of those things are that likely, so. But. Alright, let's move to the East. Um, Let's go. And we can start with the the series that is gonna is gonna actually is gonna continue tonight is for a little bit further along and that's Toronto at Philly, uh, or Toronto versus Philly, whatever you want to say. Um, and as I mentioned before, the series is one one. Uh, home court has been broken, but I'm not sure how much that matters. I don't think this was a very home courty series because I think either of these teams is winning, capable of winning in each other's building. I definitely think it matters. But like you said, I'm not surprised if either team wins in the other team's building. I definitely do think it's an advantage, but I don't think it matters. Matters that much? Is that is that fair to say? Like, yeah, I don't know how to, yeah, no, know it's, how to it's des- always going to be an advantage. It's always going to be an advantage. But yeah, like, I don't know how else to describe it. But like, I don't know. Toronto could easily split these two games in Philly. Toronto could even win both these games in Philly. Philly could even win both the games. I don't know. I think all three are possibilities. It's craziness. Um. But um, it was weird. It was weird. Like after after game one, we were you know everyone was like Kawhi, whoa, look at Kawhi, and and uh, Kawhi was good in 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 game two still, but like I don't know. Everyone was like, whoa, Kawhi could just win the series on his own. Siakam, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it's like, no, it's it really is a series. This really is a series. Simmons played better. Um. Embiid still, you know, um, sick and even probably banged up. Um, yeah, that's that's tough if you're a Philly fan. Because yeah. if Embiid's hurt, it's like even if somehow you win this series, it's like yeah, it's end end of the road. Next next series and yeah, that pretty much dashes all your hopes at like title contention. Well, yeah, like, Embiid is your big mismatch, right? Like, there's no guy in the league like Embiid. I mean, maybe, maybe like, Towns is the only one that I would say is, like, similar to him. And even that's kind of, like, they're different. But, like, right now, Embiid is, is by far the most unique player in the league and probably their their biggest advantage going into any series. So, yeah, without him, it's it's a little different. Don't uh, tell that to Jimmy Butler. He thinks they're biggest advantage. I mean... Butler is a dime a dozen, you know? I don't know. Jimmy Butler's pretty unique. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, but it's just there's a lot more teams that have wing stoppers than center stoppers. Just because the league's put the emphasis on that, you know? The past eight years, either LeBron has won the title or someone that was capable of beating LeBron on the title. 
And so that's been the emphasis. Get some guys that can guard wings because you're going to have to go up against LeBron at some point. So that's what teams have been prioritizing. Um, and those LeBron teams didn't have a center you need to stop. So teams haven't been pr- emphasizing investing in a center stopper. I'm like, can slow down centers. Um, now, the funny thing is the Philly, the 76ers happen to be falling, uh, playing against a team that has one that actually went out and traded for one in Mark Gasol. Yeah, my bad. Didn't realize he was still a center stopper. Yeah, I mean, I, as I said, I think if Embiid was healthier and could do more on the perimeter and in the high post, I think this would be a little bit different. But the fact oh. that he's he's winded already just because he gets winded, he's sick and he's a little bit banged up, I think means he, he wants to go to the post a lot more, and that's where Mark Gasol is just eating him up. Probably, and I think that's going to be the biggest advantage going back to Philly. Is I think it's good. It's going to be able to help him if he just goes back, sleeps in his own bed, and he he's with the home crowd, right? But that's going to give him like a little bit of a boost. Yeah, all the players on these teams, yeah, are going to benefit the most from being home. Probably, probably, yeah. You know, I wonder. I wonder because he's he's been sick, right? I wonder. I wonder. This is pure speculation on my part, but oftentimes when I go through the airport, I get sick. Happens quite a lot. And the plane, when you're going into Toronto, you're in the airport a lot longer than normal because of customs. I, w- I wonder yeah. if that had anything to do with it. I wonder if that's that's the, the Toronto home court advantage playing a little bit of part there. I don't know. Pure, pure speculation on my part. Um, but seriously, the past the past couple times I've flown on a plane, I've gotten sick afterwards. Um, now, obviously, obviously, you know, the Sixers aren't flying, you know, in coach next to a bunch of sick people, right? Yeah, I was going to say, their airport experience is a little bit different than the rest of us. But they're still in the airport, you know, dealing with customs, dealing with all those people. You know, they deal with customs agents that deal with, with regular people that go through the airport. So, sure. um, I don't know. Pure speculation on my part. Just wonder if, wonder if that played a part there. Possible to know, but... Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what else to say with the series. It's it's hard to really comment until we've seen what happens in Philly. Like, can Toronto still travel? Like, Pascal Siakam's been great in Toronto. Although, 9 for 25, not a great look, my dude. Oh. Um, but how, how, does, how does the Raptors guys travel? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the role players really haven't done much. No, it's I mean, really even the... even not that role players. Like, how does Kyle Lowry trial travel? Let's, let's look at that. Let's see how that happens. I don't know. I don't know. Like, like game one was all Siakam and Leonard, and like Lowry showed up in game two. I mean, Lowry wasn't bad in in game one by any means. I don't want to say that, but that was that was. I mean, that game was Siakam and Leonard. How much did they combine for? I mean, a lot. Um. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they travel. Um, uh, I, I have plenty of faith that Kawhi will continue to ball out. Though. That's, that's been, Kawhi has been awesome. That's been fun to watch. Yeah, yeah Siakam 29, 29 in game one. Um, him, and, him and Leonard were the only two in double digits. Um, 
and the only two that really even shot at a good percentage as well. So, as I said, they were kind of they were kind of starting game one, um, game two, you know. Um, so yeah, I I don't really know. I I think Toronto still has the advantage here. Um, I picked them before the series. I'm sticking with them. It wouldn't shock me if they win tonight. To be honest with you, of who who won Toronto uh, or Toronto? Yeah, yeah. No. Um, and then the series is right back in their favor. Uh, we're, we're recording this Friday morning, by the way. So listen to this on Friday. That's what I mean by tonight. Um, sorry, I mean Thursday morning. Jeez, I don't need, I don't even know what day it is. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see what Embiid's like. We'll see how well Toronto travels. I I hope one of their role players steps up for Toronto because please. There's there's no reason why Fred Van Vliet should be minus eighteen plus Ooh. minus. I mean, I know he's not a great player, but as we've talked about before, they really don't have guys that can defend point guards. No. I don't know. That'd be nice. Uh, I still think Toronto's still got to be favored here. Yeah. Especially with, you know, the whole Embiid thing. And it's like, you haven't even said Ben Simmons' name, which is like kind of because it's like he hasn't been like, asked, but it's also not because we're not like, oh yeah, Ben Simmons really controlling this game, which is what I think you want from Ben Simmons. And like every game he plays, you you want to be able to say, oh yeah, he really stood out to be in this game. Whereas I don't know, he was kind of there. Yeah, I think I think it's hard. I mean, the defenders that Toronto has, you know, I think Simmons is especially one of those guys that in the regular season. I think because of his teammates, he doesn't get like the stopper put on him that often. And in this series, they can throw a number of guys at him and still have guys for Embiid and Butler and Tobias Harris. So that's probably why he's not having that much of an impact. As as you you mentioned, he's not playing bad by any means. You know, I mean, you look at his box score numbers. He's been really efficient in both games. He's he's really filling the box score in a number of categories. He's just not scoring the ball at any sort of volume. Which... I mean, he's not scoring the ball. I don't think he needs to score the ball, but even when I just watch the games, I'm not like, oh, look at Ben Simmons, do Ben Simmons stuff. It's like No, because he's not creating either. Just kind of there. He's just Yeah, he's a bit, kind of been a passenger. It's not like in the way or anything, which I think he can do sometimes. Yeah. It's a problem, but it's just, I don't know. I want, I'd like to see a little more from him. Yeah, so... Anything else here? Not much. Not much, to be honest with you. We'll see We'll see how Game 3 goes. As I've said with all the series, it, you gotta see... Before I make some crazy hot take, I gotta see what happens in the other building. Yes. So. And last but not least, uh, our guys in green. Oof. Now, this is a series that just. Or series tied one one. This series sucks. The first half of game two was good, until the Celtics forgot how to play basketball. I mean, it was fine, but at the same time, it's like, hey, what are we looking forward to this series? Oh yeah, we're looking forward to like Kyrie versus Giannis in the first half of 
game two, Kyrie was like 0 for 8. Yeah, he was terrible. Yeah, it was close, but it didn't feel good. I don't know. What are we supposed to say? What do you want? You want the Paul Pierce hot take? The series is over. GG, wrap it up. Yeah. Which is absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, what is there to say? Um, Celtics got to figure out how to play basketball again. Um, I that think, would help. I think, I think they'll be fine going to their own building game three, whatever. But they literally just forgot how to play in the third quarter. I mean, 18 to 39 was the score in the third quarter. That's just unacceptable. That's embarrassing. They gave up 98 points through three quarters. That's not Celtics basketball. You know, there was they, they cut to Brad Stevens, and he was, like, doing the, the pouty, biting lip face. And I'm like, yeah, I hear you, Brad. Like, this is just completely unacceptable. Um, but we've seen it before. This just happens with this team. It's like um, the Brad Stevens, like Bobby Knight, like throw the chair on the floor equivalent. Yeah. I don't. It's just so bad. Yeah. So bad. Um, I don't know what what is there to say. Giannis, I think the Celtics did a really good job with Giannis game one, game two, not at all. Um. I think that probably some adjustments on Giannis' part, but also, you know, I don't think Horford was on him as much. It just seemed like... Can we not let Giannis get to the line 18 fucking times? Yeah, it seems like we were, like, helping on him, like, way too much. Like, it wasn't Al that was fouling him. It was, like, Jalen or Morris reaching in and fouling him, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe we let Al just do his thing, and, like, yeah, if Giannis scores, that's... You know, whatever. Um, it helped in game two. The the Bucks finally made some three pointers. Yeah, Chris Middleton had a couple stretches where it was just like, oh. Yeah, it was like Chris Middleton of last year, seven and seven of ten overall from three. Um, in in game two, that's that's gonna be tough to beat. Um, Bledsoe looked improved as well, um, and he, even George Hill looked improved. Um, it, but I think that. The question is again: Do do Hill and Bledsoe travel? Yeah, especially Bledsoe, and even to a lesser extent, like how well does Milton travel? Because I think he'll travel, but I'm not entirely sure how much. You know, I mean, Bledsoe is going to have the crowd all over him. Uh, yeah, he's going to be public enemy number one, which I don't think he's necessarily used to. Well, I mean, he kind of was last year. Yeah, he, he was that for like. Three games last year. I mean, he's not exactly like LeBron going into every arena and getting no, moved no. out of the stadium. No. Are we? Are we going to see some Drew Bledsoe jerseys? That's the, that's the question. Um, Can we see Drew Bledsoe? Yeah, yeah. We bring him out again. Um, doesn't get out much so. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, Bucks. Bucks probably got it tonight. Uh, or, or game three, the, the recipes probably got to still hit threes at a decent percentage. I think if they don't, I think Boston will take game three. I just think I, you know, I saw on Reddit that the numbers for Kyrie after a loss in a series, like in a playoff series, and he's just the type of guy that steps up big time after that. 
Um, so I don't know. I I could see I could see this this these two games of Boston being a split though. Holy shit! Thirteen free throws for the Celtics starting lineup in games one and two combined. Yeah, they're like the reverse Rockets. Like, not not in the sense that like they both shoot a lot of threes and stuff like that, but like the Rockets when their offense stagnates, at least they can get to the line, and like that at least helps. The funny thing with the Celtics is Jalen is. Their best guy getting to the line. He's been their best guy at getting to the line basically since he joined the team. And yet he's generally an awful free throw shooter. I know he shot, you know, was only six for seven. He's bad. Awful is a little bit of a stretch. Because we have some people we have some people in the league that are like truly awful. Okay, yeah, he's not as bad as some of the truly bad centers, but I mean I I mean you say sixty six all right, yeah. But I'm uh, like, you know, he's not exactly Lonzo Ball out here. Yeah. But I he's mean, bad. Don't get he's me wrong. a career 66 free throw shooter, 66% free throw shooter. Just quite bad. It's pretty bad. Um, he didn't even shoot a good percentage in game one. Um, he didn't make one in game one. I, I, I mean, let me check how much he took. You didn't take one. You didn't take one. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's fine. The whole team shot five free throws in game one. I mean, made five. Five of yeah. eight. Yeah. Not not good. They got to get to the line. That's that's. I mean, that's always been the weakness in Kyrie's game. Um, is getting to the free throw line. See, I don't know. I I've loved I've loved Jalen. I've loved Horford. Um. Harford, Hayward, I think they, all three of them have played well. And, and at least it, decent enough, they weren't the problems in game two and they played well in game one. Tatum, though. No. Tatum's got to figure something out. I don't really. Tatum's going to figure something out or Tatum's not getting traded for Anthony Davis because he's not worth jack shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the thing that we got to remember with these 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 young players is their growth isn't always linear. It's not just, you know, a curve that goes straight up. There's ups and downs and ups and downs, and sometimes... You, no, but you, we prefer to see, instead of ups and downs, we prefer to see ups and plateaus. Yeah, there's always going to be downs, though. I don't know a single young player that didn't have downs. Maybe Durant, I don't know. That's fair, but this has been a pretty big down this whole year, pretty much. I don't know. He's had times where he's been their second best offensive player, and it's been like flashes, but it's like I don't know. Yeah, let's let's please not have any more sessions with Kobe this summer. Um, That's preferable. Maybe 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 go talk to like Pierce or someone that can tell you how important it is to hit threes and. And uh, I don't know. Maybe go. Maybe go talk to Mike D'Antoni, Daryl Morey. They'll they'll tell you the importance of uh, threes are getting the basket and not taking just a bunch of long contested twos. I'm trying to think. Like, if you want to go, maybe he just likes talking to like Lakers legends or whatever. Like, who else could you talk to that's not Kobe? Like, 
I don't know. Go, go talk to like Lamar Odom. Just just don't take any lifestyle advice from him. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Or like I don't know. Talk to Jerry West. Stay away from Kobe, please. Yeah, please. Um I don't know. I I think I think this is gonna be a long series. Long series. I think Nick Wright calling this a sweep before the series was a joke. I think guys that like Paul Pierce after game one saying it's over was a joke. Um, but Celtics are a good home team. Celtics are a good home team. So we'll see we'll see what happens there. Um twenty eight and thirteen at home this year. Um no, Bucks were also a very good road team, so not that much of an advantage. But I, I don't know. I think. Why does Paul Pierce have to be the Boston media personality? I know, I know. He's such a bad analyst. Love the player, hate the analyst. Can we just like, as like a city and region, can we just nominate fucking like Kevin McHale? Like, truly, just be the. Boston, like Homer dude in national media. Oh, yeah. Kevin McHale's great. I would much prefer that. The way Kevin McHale explains things sometimes, like, he could give really good explanations of, like, plays and, like, why things are working and stuff like that. Like, you could tell he's a former coach and really understands the game and watches the game. Pierce, on the other hand, but. <laughs> and McHale, like, you know, appreciates, like, other players, regardless of, like, what team they're on or, like, most factors, whereas Pierce is like, fuck that dude. Yeah, although they did Pierce absolutely dirty by asking him if he thinks he's better than Wade. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, don't get me. The, the producers were like, we know what we're doing. Like, I'm sorry, go ask Evan Turner if he thinks he's better than Dwayne Wade. I'm sure Evan Turner's going to tell you he's better than Dwayne Wade. Go ask go ask any player. They're going to say they're better than Dwayne Wade. Just That's what players do. Like, you don't believe in yourself, then why do you even play the game? Uh, Paul Pierce is turning into fucking ESPN's version of like Shaq, where they just get super petty and whiny. Oh, Shaq! Shaq had reached an all-new level of, of petty the other night, though. Oh, word! Oh my. Although he also, it was also pretty. I liked. I liked that. It's not one, two, then back to one. I did. I did like that comment. That was. That was good, though. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I I don't really know what to say about the Celtics Bucks. I think as I said, it's gonna be a split. Whether I don't know the order, but I think it's gonna be a split in Boston. And Game Five is probably gonna be a big a big determiner. Can Boston go on the road and get another one, or can the Bucks, you know, get up three two? I think I think that's what it, that's really gonna be the swing game. It's not one of these two. Can Although both have, these teams are capable of sweeping in Boston again. I just want one game where we actually just get Kyrie versus Giannis, because that could be fun. Yeah, it might be game three. I hope so. I really do think we're going to see special Kyrie in game three. Are we going to see like special Kyrie as in like he's like good all around, or like special Kyrie where Kyrie just jacks up shots? and Doesn't you know. miss. Yeah, and like the rest of the team just kind of stands there. No, I think we could see the Kyrie that like gets the basket, finishes, just splits the defense. I think we could really I mean, see. I'd like that. Not a Kyrie that's just like 
just kind of just like taking mid rangers over George Hill and like yeah, like, I don't need yeah. Kyrie. I don't need Kyrie to go like I don't know like eighteen for twenty five for like fifty. You know, I don't need that. I need Kyrie to go like I don't know twelve for eighteen for like thirty two and you know like seven assists. Like that'd be nice. Yeah. But uh, I think. I think that's it for us in terms of the NBA, right? Do you have any other other thoughts? Not really. It's kind of hard to get a read on most of these series. Yeah. Honest. It's a nice time to talk about the series as we get the little gaps in these series between uh, as they change venues, but it's also tough to really comment on the series too much until we've seen them in the other venue. Um, but all right, that's... That's it for NBA. Um, do you have other thoughts on any other sports before we go? Not really. Not a not a whole lot's been happening. Uh, good news is baseball seems like it's about to start soon. So can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that that that'd be nice. Um, I love the Rosen trade. Oh yeah, that happened since we last spoke. Um, absolute masterclass. What was it? Uh, a five and a six? Was that right? What? What, what did he get traded for? Third. A third. That's what it was. Or was it a second? I can't remember. It was either a late second or early third. Was it? Um, regardless, I just think that guy got screwed last year. Like, I just still believe in Josh Rosen. Uh, so, uh, late second. 62nd overall pick. Second and fifth, sorry. I don't know where I was coming up with this. Sixth. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough for a young quarterback to develop when he's running for his life the whole time. And also, you know, does he exactly have a whole lot to throw to? It's, you know, the corpse of Larry Fitzgerald. Well, like, I just think that team had no clue how to do offense last year. Like, I mean, they had no clue how to football. The most who's, who's their offensive coordinator last year? Was Mike McCoy? No, Mike <sighs> McCoy's this year, right? No, it, it was Mike McCoy. And then he got fired halfway through the year, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was it was Mike McCoy. Um, he was he was their OC up until October, and then they fired him and, and promoted uh, Byron Leftwich. They they just they just had no offense. Did you like like I think some people might want to blame Rosen or whatever, but like did you see what they did um, in terms of like running the ball? Like what did they do to David Johnson? Like, that's all the evidence you need. That they just had no clue what to do on offense last year. They ruined David Johnson, basically. That's tough to do. That's real tough. Like, they just didn't pass him the ball. His best talent. They traded... There's a... There's a... uh... A scenario where this becomes an absolutely 
horrific black stain on the Arizona Cardinals like franchise history. If Josh Rosen ends up being like pretty good, which I think he easily could become like a very good quarterback, and Kyler Murray becomes not so good to mediocre at best. Did you see him? Did you see Steve Smith's rant? I, it, I couldn't it went, get through the it whole thing. Trending. It went it was, trending. I, he basically, I, I, was, he so basically was like ragging on Rosen for wanting out after they drafted a guy. He's like, oh, you're supposed to sit there and compete. It's like, screw that. Rosen got absolutely screwed. They didn't give him a chance because they basically hosed him in terms of the offense. They had absolute dummies coaching that offense. There's a reason they fired their head coach after year. See, after half a season. Hey, you want to like stay there and compete? I, I get like, like that rant like somewhat makes sense. I, I don't think it makes sense. If if like say you're like, I don't know, you're fucking. Andy Dalton and the Bengals draft some dude in like the late second, early third round to play quarterback, and you're like somewhat threatened. It's like, nah, you're fucking Josh Rosen. You played one year, the team sucked, you got railroaded, and like they drafted another quarterback, number one overall. Like the writing's on the fucking wall. Like, absolutely. There's nothing he could do in fucking training camp that's like, yeah, I get to keep the starting job here. Like, it's easy for a receiver to say that because, like, a receiver, yeah, of course. You could play like three or four, even five at a time if you really want to. <laughs> That's a good point. The quarterback is well, only one, and they just invested a lot in this guy, so he's going to get all the reps. Well, maybe Steve Smith was watching too much Saints football, and he thought they could do that with quarterbacks too. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I just, I just see a rant like that, and I see a bunch of people like, yeah, great rant. Yeah, Rosen. Yeah, what, what is this guy? You want this guy to be the face of your franchise? guy that can't take a challenge? I'm just like, no. If it was a fair challenge, I'm sure he'd want to take it. It wasn't. They screwed him over a year, and they screwed him over in the draft. Like, I don't know. I, I just, I, I still have a ton of Rosenstock. I think that rant was weak. But, what you going to do? Uh, then, he, he goes to somewhere where he has, like, no expectations. He can just, he doesn't even have to start, like, week one. He can, like, learn from... Uh, it's magic, you know. Yeah, you could watch Fitz Magic throw for six touchdowns one week, and then uh, after he throws six interceptions week two, he can take over in week three. You know. Yeah, there you go. Um, Good place to learn. Yeah, yeah. You can learn what to do and what not to do. <laughs> very, in very quick succession. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, I, I don't know the draft. The draft could have. I don't really have many other draft thoughts. I thought the AFC East. Really nailed their drafts, which is kind of exciting. Um, but I don't, I don't really have any any thoughts. Neither, neither do I. I do have one thought though before we get off. Okay. Le- Lionel Messi, my word. That's that. That's all. That's all. What an absolute baller. I, I mean, I don't think you're breaking new ground here. No, I just, I just. I just want to mention it. Like, my word, that dude. Semifinal Champions League. Messi's just like, nah, screw this. We're winning this game. We're winning. We're winning this tie. We're, we're making it in the final. Like, what a, what an absolute player. What a treat to watch. Um, and then my team, Tottenham versus Ajax. I think it's all up in the air going into going into two. Tottenham gets their best player back in Youngman's son. 
after suspension. Still anybody's ballgame in my my eyes. So, yeah, really enjoying the Champions League. Really enjoying watching Messi. That's that's all. Yeah. Soccer, yeah. I don't know what the fuck's going on. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Where hopefully we can have more like concrete takes on these NBA playoffs and any other exciting news that may happen.